again, I hope you, you, you have your uh, seats buckled tight. And let me just tell you this. Do me a favor. Uh, I said this last week, I think, maybe the second service. Um, clear the deck. What do I mean by that? I mean, I'm going to teach you something that for many of you will be something opposite in what you've heard before, specifically concerning Paul's thorn in the flesh. So many people believe that uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh, that Paul was told by God, don't say amen to this, that uh, that's why he, he said three times, <clears throat> you know what, God, take this from me. And in matter of fact, one version even says, one version even says, God said no. Here's the crazy thing. We'll look at it. And as I do, I really don't care what I think. And I love you all, but I really don't care what you think. And here's why. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. I don't care if you graduated from MIT. In correlation with God, you're not very smart. Come on. Could somebody say amen to this? And what Dr. Roger Bennett Cohen used to tell me, that was my dad. He would say, don't get too big for our, your britches, son. Great advice. So I want to just ask you, as we start, just allow the word of God to tell us what it is. We, we, we come into stuff, we come into many times, even church, with a preconceived notion of what it is. And I've told you many times, you know what I mean? Um, you know, my, my, my youth is renewed like eagles. You say what you want about me. I'm going to tell, I'm going to say what God says about me. My, my, you know what? I will run and not go weary. I will walk and not faint. Amen. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the shower and I'm shaving or I'm not shaving. I'm in the shower and Tamara says, let me get that gray hair on the back of your, your neck while you're in there. I can get it easy. <laughs> I laughed at her. I said, I don't got no gray hair on the back of my head. She said, Drew, I'm looking right at it. After she said that, you know what I said? I said, again, I said, I don't have any gray hair on the back of my neck. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because we go into things with a pre-understanding of how it is. And, 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 and you know, that's silly when we're, sh- when we're taking a shower and your wife says you have gray hairs on the back of your head. But it's critically damaging when we come into church and the tradition. You say, Pastor, nothing is more powerful than the word of God. I beg to differ with you. Because the Bible says it's the tradition of men that caused the word of God to have no effect. So I'm going to tell and I'm not saying that all men that 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 some men understand that I've that I've heard good teaching on the thorn in the flesh. But I'm telling you, 90%, if not more, the preaching of the thorn in the flesh 
is just that taking the words and not reading the Bible. Just regurgitating what you heard from the person that you taught you that. And I don't want to do that. I want us to preach this together. I want you to see it and in your Bible yourself and see what, what we're talking about. Does that make sense? But, but, but just trust me, if you're not going to allow, we've got to allow the Bible to tell us what truth is. Every morning when I get up and I put on the belt of truth, I'm saying, I declare, let God be true and every man a liar. Interesting in that, in that New Testament verse, let, that's the indication of your will. You can keep a hold of your traditions if you want. But there's times, how many recognize this? There's times that your traditions are, are wrong. Amen? How many know what time we start the 9 o'clock service? How many know what time we start the, the 11 o'clock service? How many know what time? Why? Because we want to be honest with people. Amen? People make jokes. Oh, <laughs> we're just always late. That's, I don't know. To me, that's not integrous. Mm, got real quiet here all of a sudden. Okay. I, I don't want to have traditions. I want to have godly traditions. Does that make sense? I want to let, let, let God be true and every man a liar. And this is this is, you say, but Pastor, why are you teaching this when I thought you were talking about the goodness of God? I am talking about the goodness of God. There's so many people that make a reference to Paul's thorn in the flesh like God wouldn't listen to his prayer. God wouldn't take that, that, that thorn from him. That they wouldn't walk in that blessing. And, and it's just used. It's one of the main verses that people quote, pastors quote and use to tell you. I'm going to show you script. We're not gonna, I'm not going to talk a long time. It's not going to take my long time. But I'm going to show you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Today concerning the healing power of God. Concerning the power that you have. Say, I have. Versus a power that says, or a mentality that says uh, that God is in control of everything. And if he wants it done on this earth, he's going to have to do it because I'm just this puny little nothing. Can I tell you what? You can think that way, but God doesn't think that way of you. I said, you can think that way, but God doesn't think that way of you. Amen. And there is church after church after church after church, and you have to be aware of this. Listen, can I tell you my role? My role, I'm not trying to bag on other churches. I'm trying to keep the sheep safe. I'm trying to be a good shepherd to the sheep. And there are, there are pastors that are Calvinists that believe that God, anything that happens, everything, if you go deep into it and if you really can question them, they will absolutely admit this. It's so shocking to me, but they'll admit, admit this, 
the Reformed theologians will say that God causes everything, that nothing happens on this earth. Don't say amen to this. Void from the sovereign God making it happen. Well, with that kind of theology, then all car accidents are caused by God. All, all drunk drivers that crash into people and kill their kids, that's okay with God. And not only, not only did God allow it, he purposed that. No, they believe that. All, watch this, because now, like right, like right now, I'm not stepping on your toes now, but I'm going to start stepping on, your, stepping on your toes. That all sickness and disease. Read your Bible. Sick, read your Bible in Deuteronomy. Sickness and disease is part of the curse that the Bible says we're redeemed from. <laughs> this is good theology. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, this is good. See, we need to hear this. What's my point? God, who was here last week? Who was here last week? Raise your hand real quick. Who was here? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Oh, Lord, you are good. There's goodness in God and goodness in God and goodness in God and goodness in God. And that's all you're going to get. The Bible says in, in Psalms that he only does wondrous things. That's all he does. Here, John, I, I, to me, it is such clarity that Jesus brings when he says in John 10, 10. Understand this, that I have come. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. What, what's the he's trying to make this difference. But. But I've come to give you life and life more and more abundantly. When we, were, when we were kids growing up, we'd be playing basketball. And we'd play basketball, you know what? Uh, uh, Wendy, remember Jim and, and uh, remember the Rileys? And uh, they were part of our cul-de-sac. We'd play basketball almost every day. And so we'd pick teams, and almost every day we'd pick different teams, and then we'd pick the teams, and then we'd say, okay, wear shirts, your skins. Or your skins, wear shirts, whatever it was. And, who, and if the skins had to, what did they have to do? They had to take their shirts off. Amen? Praise the Lord. So you were either, why did we do that? Here's why. Because if we were all kept our shirts on, it would be hard to tell quickly who was on your team and who wasn't on your team. Oops, I passed it to the wrong guy. Okay. That is what the craziness that has happened in the body of Christ, in the church, with pastors who don't understand, who've confused, who've confused you know what? Satan with God. And so how in the world, watch this, how in the world are you going to pray emphatically? You know this, this true story. I have, I mean, just, just, I, I heard a testimony 
and it was a pastor. And if I told you his name, you might know his name. He's a pastor's a large church. And, and I love this guy. I think he loves his congregation. But one of the reasons why Paul spent so much time correcting theology in his books to the churches is because he recognized bad theology was going to take you into a bad place. Amen. And so here's what he said. You know, there's this couple and they had their, you know what, their six month old, you know what, they got cancer and I was just praying for this child. Imagine this. Imagine you have a six year old and you go to your senior pastor and he's going to pray for that six year old. Imagine this kind of prayer. Father, um, I pray that you would heal this child. Oh, please, please, please don't say amen to this. I say that because there's so much wrong teaching that some of you might say amen to this. Don't say amen to this. And he said, you know what? I prayed for this, this family, and I prayed this, that God would heal that child. But if it was that will that that child not be healed, don't say amen to this, that you would help the family learn what you would have them to learn through this situation. Now, you have that six-year-old child. <laughs> you want to go to that pastor? Or you want to go, <laughs> go to the pastor who says, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I come against sickness and disease in the authority that God has given me in his name. I homo I say what God says. He said in the Old Testament that by his stripes, we, we are healed, looking to the future of what Christ did on the cross. And I speak to and I proclaim what Peter said in the, in the New Testament, looking back at the cross, that by his stripes, we were healed. So I declare, I speak to this sickness and disease. I curse it. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm praying the word of God. I'm not praying what I think. I'm praying the word. The word will not return void. I speak to that sickness and disease, whatever it is, and I say, be gone in the name of Jesus. I curse it from the root. And just like Jesus cursed it from the root, I curse it from the root. Jesus who said to those people who were shocked that there's life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when, I, and when he, he cursed that fig tree, they said, oh Lord, look what you've done. And then he said, assuredly, I say to those, whoever will say to this mountain. So I speak to this mountain of disease in this little child. And I say, be gone. Be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. And I come in agreement with these parents in Jesus' name. Is that what kind of prayer you want? Or you want this prayer over here? You're a parent. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I love y'all, but I know good enough theology that I just don't let anybody pray over me. Amen. Amen. So are you guys ready to get into this? Yes, sir. 
Can you tell this is going to be a good day? Okay. So let's open up our Bibles. Oh, where do I want to go to first? Uh, oh, thank you for saying. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to switch things around because it happens as the Holy Spirit leads. I thought I was going to be teaching on the character of God, but I'm going to, and, I, and, and goodness was going to be one of the, this is a long answer and answer question, but this is for everybody too. And I thought, but this is what happens. We need to be led by the Spirit. So it turned from a, I was going to talk about the character of God. I'm going to talk about the goodness of God, but I changed it. I'm going to take a whole series just talking about the goodness of God. So the, serm, the series is called The Goodness of God. And the sermon title will be, are you ready for this? Don't be fooled. No, don't be fooled. Don't be a fool too, but don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Okay. So uh, let's look quickly at Luke chapter 22. Guys, you got to follow me. Luke chapter 22, look at verse 19. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given, uh, uh, body which is given to you. Do this in what? Remembrance, Remembrance of me. He's saying, Look, I'm going to do something on the cross. And what I do on the cross, I don't want you to forget. See this word? No, no, no. Go back to 20, 19. Look what it says. Do this. Oh, oh, oh. Here's, here's the one. Do this in what? Everybody. Eyes up here. Do this in what? Do this in what? Remembrance. remembrance. You got to remember. Look at your neighbor. Say, you got to remember. Okay. Now look at uh, Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Look at verse 1. Psalm 103, look at verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James. Oh, there it is. Okay. Bless is the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless, bless, bless. Hallelujah. God is a blesser. I'm going to bless him. Bless his holy name. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and. Come on, do you see it? Do this in remembrance of me. Forget not how many of his benefits? All of his benefits. Verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities. A lot of times in the body of Christ. We forget. You know what? Can I tell you what? Anytime that God is going to tell you to do something, he's telling you to do it, knowing that it's possible for you not to do it. That's a good, a good hermeneutic principle. He's, you know why he tells you to, to not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer? Because there's people that can come into church. They think they're all that in a bag of chips because they heard a, new, a good sermon. But they don't do anything about it. So he says, don't just be a hearer, be a hearer and a doer. Here he's saying, don't forget all, all his benefits because we can forget all his benefits. But I love this because he's so specific. I love the word of God because we want to get 
we want to get generic in theology. And why, one of the reasons I have this stuff on the screen is because I want you to see God is saying words to us that have purpose. All of his benefits, who forgives, who forgives all, who, who forgives. <laughs> Number three, who forgives all your how many of your iniquities? All. All of it. But watch this. How many know this is a comma, not a period? He's not done. Who heals what? All. How many of your diseases? How many of your diseases? All. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. But that's talking about the disease of your soul. It is not Bad hermeneutics, somebody just trying to put a square peg in a round hole and teach you something because you don't know it. It is not talking about that. It's talking about your physical body. Disease. Disease. Who heals how many of your diseases? All. All of your diseases. Next verse. Who redeems your life from what? Who redeems your life from what? Now, I say all this in, in I'm going to put it in, in understanding with Paul's thorn in the flesh. God's not a respecter of persons. Has God healed Paul of all his diseases? Is God, thank you, Laura. Has God healed Paul of all his diseases? Has, I'll say it like this. Has he provided for him that he can walk in that? Absolutely. Is Paul's life redeemed has has God provided Paul a life where he could be redeemed uh where he redeemed his life from destruction are you kidding me absolutely who crowns you with loving kindness and will stay here tender mercies You, you when you get home read this whole chapter it is amazing all right now let's go so you you understand the foundation The problem is we need to remember what Christ did on the cross. We need to remember what Christ, you know, what has done for us. We need to remember all the blessings that God has for us. Some say all the blessings that God has for us. Okay, now let's turn to um, to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 9. Okay. Hmm. Let's go up to uh, go up to verse six. For though I might desire to boast, I will not uh, be a fool. For I speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees. 
me to be or hears of me. And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. These words are really important. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure. Let's just stick there. Well, Pastor Paul or Pastor Drew, what was what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? You can hear sermon after sermon after sermon of people talking about what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. And the crazy thing is. All of the. Great talking about what it might have been ignores all eyes up here. Ignores what the Bible says it was. Why? Here's why. Because what I said at the beginning of the sermon, we come into it preloaded of what, and it doesn't say Paul's thorn in the flesh was an ailment of his eyes or all kinds of other stuff. That we conjure up to try to figure out what it was. I don't need to figure out what it was. I need to just read the Bible. Least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. Why was he? Why? Why was? Why did this happen? Read your Bible. We don't. We know why it happened. Because he had such an abundance. Of revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A, a, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And then he defines it. A messenger of, sa- of Satan. To buffet me. To beat me. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? You tell me what it was. It was a what? It was, thank you. It was a messenger. That's right. How do we know? Oh, Brian, the deep theologian who is who has gone to years and years of of cemetery. I mean, seminary. The deep theologian. And I don't mean to mock Brian, because the truth is, you know what? God is not a respecter of persons. You know what? God speaks to Peter and says, you know what? Flesh and blood haven't revealed this to you, but the Spirit of God revealed this to you. How did Brian know it? The Spirit of God revealed it to him. Who wrote this? The Spirit of God. But he was smart enough just to read it. And spend all these times, you know what, in all these uh, commentaries. Pastor, you don't read a commentary? Uh, yeah, hardly ever. Oh, that's how come you're not smart. No, that's how come I am smart. I've read too many commentaries that will spend all this time trying to convince you that what you just read isn't the truth. I don't need to read a commentary. The Bible doesn't say that through the commentary, I'll be able to resist Satan. I'll be able to, to, uh, to um, I don't know, uh, resist him in the evil day. It says, put on the, 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 the 
full armor of God. That's what it says. Amen. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that I can't learn some good history and some and get some insights as far as where people are in reading and comment. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you know what? I'm not going to let a commentary spend 45 minutes as I'm reading through this gobbledygook of what Paul's thorn in the flesh is when I can take 30 seconds and just read it right there in the in the chapter. Can I teach a good hermeneutics? The Bible is the best place to go to tell you what the Bible means. It is. Okay. A messenger uh, to buffet me, at least I should be exalted above, above measure. Verse 7, verse 8. Look at verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. I pleaded from the Lord three times that it might depart. He's pleading from, to God God, take this from me. That's the problem. Right there. I was, I was reading the Bible the other day, and Paul talks about, um, Paul, I love Paul because Paul will admit when he's wrong. And Paul, to the Corinthian church, I think it was, he doesn't take any money from them. He's making tents and what he should be doing is allowing people that are working to take care of his needs like it is in the, in the Levitical priesthood to take care of him that he would focus on that which is right. That's not a curse to you. He thinks he's blessing these people. He's not blessing. It was a blessing when I quit Albertsons. Yeah, you can say amen to that. Who was clapping? Who was clapping? Who was clapping? That was a blessing. I know we were blessed when we were able to put Pastor Joe on staff. That was, that was a blessing. Hallelujah. And Paul, you know what he says? Paul says, you know what I, what I did? I was wrong. He says this. I was wrong when I did that to you guys. It's in the Bible. Read it. Uh. Paul is asking God to do what God says. I've already taken care of that for you. Amen. If Tamara comes up to me, what are we eating today? What's what's on the docket? Big potato, big potato. Okay. Stuff baked potato. They're the bomb. If Tamara comes up to you and says, you know what? You know what? My, my husband, my intelligent, wonderful husband. I don't know if you know that. I, my, my wife is like uh, Sarah. She calls me Lord. Let me, let me push in my nose a little bit, okay? But if she comes up to me and says, says you know what? Can you, can you buy me a baked potato? And I say to her, Hey, um, Ari did. It's sitting out there with a tropical tea all waiting for you. And she comes back and says, like three minutes later, hey, I, I need a baked potato. Ari provided for you a baked potato. It's right out there. 
She comes to me a third time asking for me, pleading with God, pleading with her husband. I just want to, Pastor, won't you give me a, she don't call me Pastor. Jew, won't you give me a baked, why won't you buy me a baked potato? I already have bought you a baked potato. All you got to do is grab it. I will teach you, that's exactly what Paul was doing. And it's right there in the text. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Next verse. And he said to me, this is a response. My grace, we started talking about this last week. My grace is what? Okay. Does it say my grace is sufficient or does it say my grace is insufficient? What was he asking for? That this thing would depart from him. He's saying, what's God's grace? God's grace is his supernatural power to get something done that you can't do by yourself. Had God, when, when, when Paul wrote this, deep question, theological question. When God wrote, when Paul wrote this, when he had the thorn in the flesh, had Christ already resurrected from the dead? Of course, this is after it's because it's after that he says, my grace is what? Sufficient for who? I already did it, buddy. If you're trying to, if you're trying to, to, to haul something, you know what? And, and you know what? Edgar has a truck. He's got a nice big truck. I've got a truck. But I go to Ed. Hey, Ed, I need you to, to I need to borrow your truck because I need to haul this rock. And Ed knows all kinds of stuff about construction, all kinds of stuff, way more than I know. And Ed says to me, you know what, Drew, I know you have an F-150. Your F-150 is sufficient to haul that. Did Ed tell me no? He didn't tell me no. He's just telling me, you got this. Can I show you some scripture? Can I show you some scripture? You see, here's what you've got to understand. That nowhere in the Bible is God tell us, you know what, that we are to ask God to bind Satan for us. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, ask God to resist Satan. It just doesn't say it. I don't know if you guys can turn there real quick, but Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18 says, in my name, in my name, cast out demons. For these signs will follow you who believe in my name. They will, who's they? They is you. They will cast out demons. Amen. James chapter four, verse seven says this. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will. What? Is God supposed to, res is God supposed to resist the devil? No, you're supposed to submit to God. You are to resist the devil and he will flee from Who is to resist the devil? Here, let me get a key, a key right here. Oh, look at that. Isn't that fancy? You. 
First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober and vigilant because your enemy, the devil, walks around the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfastly in the faith. Who resists him steadfastly? You resist him steadfastly in the faith. Here, go back to, uh, go back to uh, Corinthians chapter 12. You don't understand scripture? Keep on reading. So, Pastor, but I, I'm not clear on this. Oh, you're going to get very clear if you will be honest to keep on reading and if you will be honest to let the words be the words. If you will be honest and not let um, sufficient become insufficient because you've been taught so many times. Paul writes Timothy and he says, after, as somebody say after. After he wrote this and he says, you know what? That God has delivered me from, it's a, look it up, it's First uh, Peter, uh, uh, First Peter somewhere. He says, God has delivered me from all of my troubles. When's he say that? After he asked for this. Can I tell you why? Because I believe that, well, well let's look, I'll, I'll show it to you. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Watch this. For my strength is made perfect, perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I most gladly would rather boast in my infirmities. Watch this. You got to let the words dictate. That the what? That the power what? The power of what? The power that is more powerful than any demonic power. That the power of God just read it that the power of God may rest on You get a revelation, you're going the wrong way. Boom, and you turn around, and then you're going the right way. Paul is asking that God would take it from him. He's asking God that God would take it from him. He's asking God that would take it from him. And God responds to him and says, Paul, stop asking my grace. My supernatural power is so on you. All you got to do is remember all the benefits. Are you seeing this? All you got to do is, 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 is remember what I did on the cross. And Paul, I believe, right here, right here in this middle of the chapter, Paul gets a revelation of, oh my goodness. Why? Because God's going to respond to him and say, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That was God's part. Watch this. All eyes up here. That was God's part. Let me come on over here. It's better. He says, that was God's. See, this is in quotes. This is God responding to Paul. But watch this. Therefore, most he. Oh, man. This is so good. He gets it. He's got a. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
I get it. Thank you, Joel. Therefore, based on what God said to me right now, I'm most gladly would rather boast in my infirmity. See, he didn't get it. Keep on reading. The reason you think that is because you've been taught it over and over and over. So you focus on part, but not the whole thing. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on who? Mm-hmm. How, how many heard the story of when I could, I was, Tamara saw me walking like an old man. My back hurts so bad. Raise your hand real high, real high, real quick, real high. Why do I tell that story? Because I'm going to boast in my infirmities. I'm not going to go, it was awful. It's still awful. No, I'm going to tell you that story. I'm going to boast in my infirmities. Why? Because I want you to understand that I've got a covenant with God of healing. So I got up every morning and I didn't forget his benefits. And I declared what God said about me. You know what the Bible says? If you speak, if you pray the word of God, we know that he hears us. And I'm just telling you the word of God. And if we know he hears us, we know that he will give us what we ask. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Well, I just, I just, I just, listen. You can be cynical all day long towards the word of God. I could show you over and over and over and over again in the word of God what the problem is. It's scoffers who don't believe the word of God. And they're throughout the body of Christ. Yeah, but I know I was praying. And I don't mean this to be, you don't want to be belittling everybody. Because I know people like this too. Yeah, but I was, I was believing for this. And it didn't happen. I was believing for this person and, and they were sick and they didn't get better. I was believing, well, what about that, Pastor? Um, are you ready for this? I don't know. Here's what I know. That what Christ provided on the cross, his blood, his stripes on his back, according to the word, by his stripes, you were healed. With, without criticizing anybody, without saying they don't have enough faith, I, I won't say that because I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. That when we get to heaven, some 35-year-old lady with four kids dies from cancer. And you go to her funeral and some pastor with a Bible says, you know what, uh, Bessie May, we love Bessie May. She had four kids, a wonderful husband. And God, don't, don't, amen to this. And God in his sovereign power saw Bessie May in the garden as a beautiful rose and he wanted that rose so he reached down and picked that rose 
that's supposed to comfort the family? That don't comfort me. I believe that God leads by example. That the same God who tells you to be anxious for nothing ain't anxious for Bessie Rose to get to heaven and he was so not anxious that he had to pick her and kill her and use sickness and disease and took her from her four kids. I don't believe that. And I don't see it in the word of God. And people who turn to this verse of all verses to prove that are delusional. How many can tell I'm passionate about this? Next verse. Therefore, I will take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches in needs in persecutions, which... Did you find that verse yet? Pastor Joel? Okay. Um, No, no, no. Go back to where I was. Thank you. I'll get to you in a minute. Real quick. Uh, Therefore, I will take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when, here's, just read the words, for when I am weak, who's strong? Paul is strong. Paul is saying he came to a revelation when God spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient. All eyes appear. When Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you. When God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Boom. Everything changed. He got a revelation. Now turn to the scripture in, in, uh, in, in Timothy. Look what it says. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Iconium, at, 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 at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them, just read the Bible, and out of some of them except the thorn of the flesh. See, how can I? What was written first? Second Corinthians chapter 12 or Second Timothy chapter 3? You know what was written first? Second Corinthians chapter 12. This was written nearly 10 years after. Paul says, let me tell you what God has done. See, are there things that are going on in your life? And you got to take authority over it. You got to take authority of, of that. Cast out demons. Amen. Heal the sick. Hallelujah. Raise the dead. Oh, no, that's what God does. No, that is the, that is the Calvinist mentality. You're just dust. You, you know what? It's, it's, like a, it's like a Kansas song. You're just dust in the wind. You know what I mean? And whatever happens, happens, and God causes all of it to happen. And it's just not found in the New Testament. Thank God for Paul's willingness to say, I had a problem. I kept on asking God and God kept on coming back, came back to me and and gave me revelation and said, Paul, you know what? Understand that my grace, my supernatural power is totally sufficient for you in that situation. I don't know whom I'm speaking to. You know what? You might have only been saved for three months, but I'm telling you what, you've heard enough of the word of God in this church that God's grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. I'm not out of message, but I'm out of time. How many, how many learned something today? How many allowed the word of God? How many will allow it? Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. If God spoke to you, raise your hand. Father, I thank you for those who have their hands raised. Whatever you're speaking to us, help us not to come in 
to just have church. Help us to come into church that we might change. Change us by the renewing of our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.